What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Fam, Merry Bloody Christmas. I truly hope that in whatever way that you chose to celebrate and honor Christmas Day, that you just had a beautiful day spending and sharing time with the people that you love. I'm not massively into gifts. That's probably my least favorite part of Christmas. But I love the idea of people having time off, people letting their hair down, people being present, people sharing a lot of delicious food. I know that I've made a request for my mum's best friend's apricot chocolate slice. And so I am sure that I've gorged my little inner child's face full of that. (laughs) And also this year, one thing that I was really excited for, Jake loves dressing up for Christmas in Christmas outfits. And last year he did and I did not. And after Boxing Day, he said to me, next year, will you please promise me that you're going to dress up with me? So tune into Instagram for real-time updates of Jake and I in our Christmas outfits. I also actually got a little bit more into Christmas recently when Jake was like, let's go to the shops and get Christmas stuff for our house. And obviously, I've just come off the back of really just disliking the house move. So I was still semi like, I don't want to do that. But we got to the shops. And I love every year for my mum, Jessica and I get her a personalised ball. You know how you can get them inscripted with glitter writing. And they're always in the shopping centre at Christmas time. Well, that's a part of the tradition that we do for our mum. One of her gifts will always be a ball and will have the year on it and something unique written on it that reflects a year that's been. And so because Jake and I weren't doing a Christmas tree, I requested that we do a ball and put it on a little stand. And so we got one of those. And then when I was at the ball stand, they also had customized stockings. So I ended up getting us customized reindeer stockings with Beck and Jake written on them. And that got me into the Christmas spirit where I got home, we put them up and I was very, very excited by our unique customized Christmas, Christmas ornaments and decorations. We've committed for Christmas day. So I can't tell you what it is yet because obviously I've pre-recorded this, but in our stockings, because Jake and I aren't big, big present people, we're more quality time people. We prefer to do something with each other and create a lasting memory than buy a gift, but we've committed to something sexy, something yummy and something to reflect our personalities. So three individual gifts that we're popping into the stocking and I can't wait to share with you. Maybe I'll share with you, maybe I won't. Maybe maybe I'm having such a good time with the sexy gift that's in there that there's no more podcasts to be recorded. No, no, I'll always record the podcast, fam. Jake, are you hearing this? Sexy gift, lots of time. (laughs) I've got my, uh, now that I'm over the annoyance of the house move, my sex drive has really come back and he's got this thing of me requesting that I initiate, but then turning me down down when I do initiate. So I've spent the past four days basically initiating constantly with my partner and getting turned down because we have, okay, TMI fam, we have a sex standard and we hit that last week. He's like, no, 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 we've hit our standard. I was like, yeah, but we can far, far, far surpass the standard. Remember, we're in deficit for all the times that we were fighting. He's like, no, 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 we're at the standard. We'll start again next week. So I'm kind of in this place of my sex driver's back. I want to fuck you and you get to stop rejecting me. <laughs> anyway, Jake, sexy gift. Make sure that you're doing all things to me right now. Yes, please. More. Thank you. Fam, <laughs> today we have Heidi Anderson with us. She is amazing. At the beginning of this year, I said to myself, I get to get Adam out and about and start networking with some incredible women and just getting offline and getting me more in person with more people, specifically women though, because I love being around incredible women doing incredible things in this world. Next minute, I'm on the internet and scrolling past Heidi's Instagram and she did a live in-person podcast event. And I thought to myself, that looks like the kind of aligned event that I would love to go to. 
And it felt so fun. I went there on my own and didn't realize that I would catch up with so many of my friends, so many people that I know. All the podcasts were amazing. And Heidi just ran this incredible experience for women to get together, to feel inspired, to feel alive, to feel on fire. And it really ignited my passion for being in person with women. Heidi this year launched a new book. She is such a stand for so much, including breaking free from anxiety, including breaking free from limiting beliefs, including really owning our physical body and getting so super drunk on our own internal confidence. I can't wait to connect her with you if you love this episode screenshot it share it to your story tag me so that i and heidi tag both myself and heidi so that we can connect with you strap yourself in fam this is one hell of an episode let's fucking go so i am incredibly pumped excited and all the things to be sitting here with this amazing woman heidi anderson welcome to raw real and vulnerable Oh my God, girl. I feel like this is a podcast for me. Like I love all of those words. Why? What do you love so much about him? I embody them, you know, raw, real, vulnerable. That's exactly what people used to, if they, if people are asked to describe me, those are the words that come up all the time. Mm. So when I saw your podcast and you were doing this, I was like, yeah, of course, I'm the perfect guest. (laughs) I embody it. You actually invited yourself to be a guest on my podcast when I was a guest on your podcast. <laughs> yes. And you, I mean, you were going to invite me anyway. Well, I was about to say, do you know what's really funny about that? I have a run sheet with all my guests on it and I have their names, even if I haven't asked them yet. And your name was already on it. But I was literally going to ask you and then mid podcast, I was like, yes, this is very convenient. <laughs> I manifested that shit, y'all. I was psychic. I saw you write my name. So good. So for those who maybe recognize the voice, who is Heidi Anderson? Well, uh, I have my own podcast, Champagne Confidence, and then one with my husband, First Time Parents. If you're from Perth, you may recognize the voice from my radio days. So I worked in breakfast radio here in Perth. I've worked all around the country, actually. But my main big gig that I had was here in Perth. And then I left a little while after having my little boy in Memphis and I didn't go back. And then I've just been doing my own things from there. So I'm Memphis's mum. I'm Griffo's wife. Right now, I'm kind of on a choose your own adventure of my life with who I am. I'm not entirely sure. I'm on a massive healing journey and just working it all out. And I've recently become an author. So that pretty much just sums me up. Oh my God, that's so massive. So let's go to the beginning of all the things. Would you say that you are basically a Perth famous celebrity here in this state? <laughs> a personality, I think they Wait, call them. personality, Heidi? Are you? Yes. Personality. I am the most famous Perth person you have on this podcast. No, <laughs> um, I think when people say you're a celebrity, sometimes I don't cringe because I definitely love that side. And that's something that when I worked in radio, I worked with a couple of guys and I think I started to believe their stories and like I didn't want to be recognized in the street. And I built up this armor because I was afraid of, because I was so vulnerable every day on the radio show, I was so worried what people were thinking. So I didn't like that famous celebrity angle of it. Although once I, once I left and I did the work on myself, I'm like, I fucking loved that. I frothed just people knowing who I am. And, you know, I was at a wedding just the other day, our friend, Steph Gorton, and 
so many people were coming up to me like, oh, my God, hi, from the radio days and, like, wanting to get photos and it was it was fun. And I have I forget sometimes because I just am me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just me living my life and I forget that people label me as a Perth celebrity and I did Big Brother as well. So there was a time when I had a national profile, which I'm trying to big up again for my book tour. Um, but, yeah, so – don't want to say I cringe, but I do sometimes get a little bit awkward. (laughs) I love that. So when you had it, you didn't really want it. And now you're in the healing journey and going through it and basically embodying more of the true you. You're like, bring it fucking back. I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I think that's what I didn't realize at the time was that I actually really love being a performer. I love standing in front of the mic. I love having powerful, impactful conversations. I love making people laugh. I love being a silly idiot and giving other people permission to be a silly idiot. I love talking about my relationship with myself and my husband. And I think, you know, when I had that platform, I hadn't done the work and I listened to a lot of what other people were saying. And, you know, like I said, a couple of the guys I worked with, they didn't like that side. And I started to be like, oh, well, I don't want to be too show pony or, you know, too into it or whatever. But I've always been a people person and extremely social, also a big introvert as well. But um, no. yeah, which people are like, what? Um, but yeah, so when I was in that, I think I felt shame and like I was getting judged because I enjoyed it so much. And that was worrying about other people's, you know, opinions and judgments. And we got a lot of those, good and bad. And so when I've left and I've been doing this healing work the last, you know, especially this last year, I realized like that's what I love. I love coming on stage, coming onto a stage, dropping some fucking epic bombs or creating some conversation, creating waves, and then walking away and people being like, yeah, that's Heidi Anderson. I met Heidi Anderson, Heidi Anderson today. Them sharing my photos on Instagram with, you know, me getting photos with them. I love being in that container of, you know, love and laughter. And I don't like people to put me on a pedestal. Like I do feel I am the same as everyone else. I see everyone as equal, but I just love that kind of, I don't know, like when I used to get free shit, I loved that too. (laughs) And so would you say this healing journey has almost been a journey of becoming more embodied in your authenticity or do you feel the authenticity was already always there? It was definitely always there. And I think I got lost along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, in my book, right? And it's been so interesting reading that. I've had to read it like 50,000 times with edits. And then I've just done an audio book and had to. I I wrote a 67 page book. And the amount of times I had to read that thing. So I can only imagine. I was like, by the end of it, I was like, if I have to read this thing one more time. Mate, I've got to listen to my audio book when I fly to Sydney this week. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to listen to it anymore. I don't want to listen to my voice anymore. And I don't have a problem with my voice voice like you know how some people do because I've been so used to listening back to stuff for years but yeah you hear in my story and I think having reflected that like when I was younger I was really confident I was this little girl who thought she could be anyone she wanted to be who wanted to take on the world who loved life who had lots of friends who just really the girl who walks through the shopping center in her bra and undies these days who doesn't give a fuck what people think that's who who she was when I was little and then you know you watch my story as I got lost along the way when I was you know when I had my first kiss I talk about how self-loathing Sally got really really loud in my head you meet all the different characters in my head 
when I kissed this boy and when he walked away, I heard his friend say, oh, you kissed the fat one. Mm-hmm. And self-loathing Sally was always that girl that said, oh, I told you so, told you so. He was never going to like you. He was never going to be your boyfriend, told you so. When I would start to create like this fantasy or, you know, in my head. And so reflecting on that, I'm like, yeah, I really got lost along the way because of other people's judgments, society's expectations, marketing, media's narratives, boys, girls' opinions, my own inner mean girls. And so now I really am coming back to that person who came here to do what she was supposed to do. And, yeah, it's been quite powerful. You know, it's wild the stories we create because even as you say that, I'm thinking of, like, my first kiss in year six and all the boys were giving all the girls their first kiss, but the boy who gave me my first kiss was shy, so he kissed me on the cheek. Oh, And so I made that mean that I must have been disgusting, unlovable, not pretty enough. Otherwise, if I really was, he would have just kissed me on the lips like the other boys kissed the other girls. Oh, oh no. And he was probably just being a gentleman like his mum and dad had taught him to be a gentleman. He was my secret Santa and I would come home with like a basket of gifts. So yeah. my the evidence was there to prove the opposite. He was probably just super shy, but my little girl was like, it's because of me. I'm not good enough. Yes. And, you know, I mean, you and I spoke before we recorded on the mics just before. Well, we actually did record it, but we're going to delete it. Um, <laughs> but, and, you know, and that story of I'm not being good enough, and that's yeah. been really loud for me. Like, it's a very relatable I'm not good enough. But I yeah. think from all the stories that we create, so many of them come back to I'm not good enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, learning about my little girl and my little girl, like, she was fucking confident. She actually was the one that showed other people confidence. And, I think going back to who she was has been really, really powerful. Don't get me wrong. It still gets loud every now and then. The inner mean girls come out and, you know, they love to have a play, especially if I'm tired or sleep deprived, triggered. But, yeah, I just think how lucky I am to have been brought into this world as that little confident girl because I've found her again and I think a lot of people get lost along the way because of other people's judgments, society's expectations, other people's stories, projections, and then they never live the life that they want to live. And so I, like I said at the start, on a choose-your-own-adventure right now and creating my own life, I don't really know where the fuck I'm heading, but it's kind of really enjoyable. I love that so much. And I'm really curious, how do you go from this authentic expression of you to losing yourself along the way, becoming a Perth celebrity, a personality, having other people's opinions essentially dampen your expression to the point at which you decide it's time for change? Like, what did that look like? Oh, it's been huge, Beck. And, you know, I thought I'd, I did heaps of work when I was working in radio. Like, I thought that I'd done the work on myself, I think, because I'd built up an armour. Yeah. So I'd stopped feeling certain things mm-hmm. and I could block out noise. The voices in my head got really loud at times. And so I'm quite famous for speaking about anxiety on the radio in 2016, which... It was such a powerful piece of audio. Now when I listen back, I'm like, fuck, whoa, I was so vulnerable, so real, so honest and raw. And 
it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I talk about this in the book. There was two moments that that happened to me. And that's when I realized that, okay, I've still got a lot of work to do around my mental health. Like I've kind of been in denial with my anxiety. I got diagnosed in 2009 with experiencing anxiety, I like to say, not having Mm -hmm. anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just kind of pretended like I didn't have it, like did some, you know, went to some therapy and that kind of thing, but didn't ask myself questions, didn't go deep, still was spending a lot of time in my head. And when you're on breakfast radio, fuck, spending time in your head, you know, everyone starts to see that. (laughs) And so I ended up having this moment where I shared on radio and it went viral all around the world. And that was when I really started to choose me. Like I experimented giving up alcohol then. I experimented seeing my psychologist, coaches, diving deeper, going to workshops, listening to podcasts. And from there, it's kind of expanded. And then the most recent was when I was running my business and I left radio. I had this little baby boy. And I think when I left radio, I was still holding on to this validation that I was searching for and that I needed to prove to everyone that I was successful mm-hmm. without, you know, being Heidi Anderson from the radio. And so I went full speed in this coaching program. And just at the start of this year, I was like, fuck, it was multi six figure. I had all these people working for me. I wasn't getting paid much, but everyone else is doing well, um, which is what happens sometimes when you're building your business and scaling. But I was like, this isn't me. Like I am giving my everything to everyone else and not me, my husband and my son. And when I decided to step back and stop selling the program, everything just all these layers, like, you know, I have a movement called shed your shit and it's just more shit that I had been like unlayering, I guess. And I sat in the shit literally for months And I had Taylor who worked for me. She was posting on social media. We were just repurposing stuff with my coaching program. I didn't let them know exactly what was going on at the time. I was doing my self-work behind the scenes. And then it was in June that I decided to start talking about where I was at and that I just wasn't happy. And what I realized is I was never in the moment. And so I was Mm. always chasing the next thing. I really had that experience, that overachievers mindset Mm -hmm. and with the overachievers mindset, you're not in the moment and you're running on adrenals, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that that was the moment. If you think my podcast is good, wait until you lean in and work with me. My love's the doors for true transformation are now open. This is your opportunity to powerfully claim 2023 and make it the year that you desire it to be. Want to speak your needs, set clear boundaries, call in what's meant for you, embody the confidence to say no, Break away from the fear of rejection and learn to ask for what you want. Do you desire to be a yes to your yes and equally know your no? Are you sick of settling? Are you sick of sabotaging? Are you ready to reclaim your personal power? True Transformation is 10 intensive weeks with me to support you to break free from shame, break through unworthiness, activate your unique voice and live your life alive, aligned and on fire. My programs are fully supported with high level accountability no one gets to hide. Want to join us? We start January 10th. Head to the link in my show notes and apply today. Let's fucking go.
Can I ask, because I know that so many women will resonate with the overachiever mindset, and I think you've already touched on it, well, partly, what did the overachiever believe that she was going to get for you that you didn't think that you already had? I think what I always felt was that, am I enough? Am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Those were the things that always used to run through my head. And so, for an example, like I was in breakfast radio in Perth. I'd made I'd made it pretty well in two years. I'd gone from Bunbury to Newcastle to, to Perth, which was pretty fucking insane and hectic and exciting and amazing. But when I was there, I never enjoyed the process. I was mm-hmm. always thinking about how I was going to get to Sydney, how I was going to get to Melbourne. And same when I had Memphis, you know, I was always thinking about like, how am I going to make the next dollar for this business and what I'm going to do? And I was never, ever enjoying truly the moment. Mm-hmm. And that overachiever's mindset is like, we go 100 miles an hour. And I think like this hustle mode fucking culture that is really created. A lot of people are talking about that it's created now, but I feel like it came a lot from my parents. Do you know what I mean? They were very much like you got to work hard to make money. And both of them are business people. Both of them, like my mum almost killed herself in her business, like with her health. She did really well, but like she almost killed herself. And when I started to have these moments of oh, I need to slow down. I need space. I, you know, I was craving that coming home to myself is what I truly called it. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I've been the last six to 12 months. Oh, so amazing. And isn't it wild that, because I'm sure lots of people looking at your journey and lots of women watching your journey would think that breakfast radio meant that you'd made it like that hustle culture you'd hustled to the top and then you went viral talking about mental health online like some people that are online personalities would only dream for a video of theirs to go viral and so I'm sure there's so many micro moments that felt like in a past version of you you had gotten there but whenever there came it was just not it yeah, exactly. And I literally write about that in my book. Like you would get to the goal and then the goalpost would change. Yeah. And, you know, so for me, for Breakfast Radio, one year before I left radio, I was going for a Sydney Breakfast Radio job and it came down to me and this other girl and she ended up getting it just, they said my content and me was epic, but she just had the chemistry. And that's what will happen in radio sometimes. You don't have to be bringing the best content, but if you've got that chemistry, like that's really hard to, you will create it over time, Mm -hmm. but it's if it's there from the beginning, like that's the golden ticket, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I just always spent time just chasing the next thing. And with this book, that's why I was like this burnout and everything that happened to me happened at the exact right time because Once I decided to step back, I got my book offer, (laughs) like my book deal came through from a publisher. I have been able to really enjoy every single second of putting together, you know, my official book launch. I'm about to go to Sydney and Melbourne to do some free events there, posting, like even to influencers, I was like to my publishers, can I send them out? Because I want to be in the moment and write it, write in the books. And, you know, I enjoyed it and I documented it and I had fun and I wrote in my journal. Like I never do stuff like that, you know, when I was celebrating myself, when I had these epic moments and even your yeah. live podcast event, I went to it recently. Yes. It was so fun. Yeah. And that was, the, so that was the beginning of like when I decided that I don't, I know kind of what I want to do. Cause I 
I ended up going away one weekend and I just started drawing and I drew myself standing in front of a room full of people with a big sign saying champagne confidence. And so my podcast event that I planted that seat, that literally sold out in two days because I think it was just me starting to live with alignment because that last couple of, I reckon, 18 months, I'd lost my way and I was chasing other people's goals. Mm -hmm. I was following other people that were in the coaching industry and trying all of a sudden I'm in a you know in a coaching program and I'm like in running a multi six-figure business not taking the money home but it's just yeah and like in in a rat race with someone that I don't even want to be in a race with like I'm comparing myself to other people and trying to get to the goals that they actually want and so yeah when I stepped back and into that it's yeah it's been such an epic process and I still feel like I have so many more layers (laughs) to like just even this week after my book launch, like I sat in the shit. I was so exhausted after that week. And then just these other things started getting really loud. And I was like, fuck, oh my God, here comes another one. Just being a human ever end. So yeah, hopefully that answered your question. I think I went on a tangent then. It really does. I just want to celebrate you for your event as well, because I was online and I was like, I saw it. And I was like, I need to get off the internet and go and be with people. And that was the next post on my page. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll book that. And then on the night, I just didn't even know what to expect. And it was just a community of like-minded humans who I really get along with. We had the best time. There were lolly bags. So my inner child loved it. I was like, keep going back to that station. It was so fun. Steph was there. Beck was just, Rosie was there. I was just like, this is amazing. And it's, you really brought together a community of humans who really get each other. So I'm celebrating you because I had a good time. Thanks, Beck. And you know what? Like that was one thing that I would never have been able to receive or do before. And like I literally only had a coaching session with my um, mindset coach just before this. And I said, I am so grateful at the women that I've surrounded mm-hmm. myself with. You know, just even after my house party for my official book launch, I said, I felt so supported yeah. and not in my head and in the moment. And that was the same with that night. Like I felt so supported and so in the moment and grounded and doing what I'm supposed to do that I just felt so happy. And I think that just oozes out, you know, oozes out through your pores when, when you're, that's alignment. It's true alignment. That's amazing. Um, So for a woman who's desiring to get into this true alignment, who resonates with the hustle and the striving but never getting there and thinking once you get there, it's there, but then the goalpost moves, was it easy (laughs) to just be and be present and sit in the nothingness and create the space? Because I know from experience, it is not. (laughs) It is not. So I'm wondering what your experience of going from like hustle, breakfast radio, viral videos, being known, national celebrity, big brother to like, Oh, I need to slow down. What what does that look like? Oh, it's it's a constant battle. And, you know, for me, it has been the support of my coach, Dominique Fletcher. She's fucking amazing. Shout out to her. She has just been in my back pocket. And from the moment that I planted the seed of like I had a panic attack at 6 o'clock in the morning, I was in my head. I'd been up since 2 a.m. I don't want to do this, you know, coaching program, 100 miles an hour. And mm-hmm. I remember just dropping her a message. And for some reason, she just had her phone near her at 6 a.m. that day. Mm-hmm. And she messaged me and she grounded me in. And from there, it was just baby steps. Because for me to sit here and say to someone right now, you need to create space. You probably need to take time out. You probably need to get off social media. 
You might need to close a few things down. You might need to stop writing all those fucking emails, trying to sell, going 100 miles an hour and actually take time for you before anyone else. That's going to sound really fucking scary. Mm -hmm. So for us, we just really started with small steps. So for me, to even think about closing the doors on the coaching program just seemed ludicrous and crazy at the time because I'd built my business thinking that I was going to continue to have all these people come in. So I needed these staff and blah, 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 letting people down, all that shit. Mm -hmm. So she goes, what would it feel like if you just stopped selling for the next couple of days? And she said, so you just stepped away from your phone on social media and you stopped selling because I was selling in my DMs. She's like, what would that feel like? And I'm like, oh, fucking so nice. Mm -hmm. And just had that permission. And then that few days turned into a week then it turned into a, I don't want to fucking sell for the rest of May. Then it soon turned into June, July. Now here we are in November and I haven't started selling it yet. And everything that I'm creating now is like for me just to be able to continue to have this space because I don't want to race back into it. Like our conversation today was, you know, it's the new year. Everyone's talking about get your fucking offer ready, do this, sell people in, blah, 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 like 100 miles an hour, like quick speed to the end of the year, even though we're already fucking tired. And I was like, I don't want to make the same mistake again. Like yeah. I don't even, I don't want to fall in. I know I can sell a coaching program, create one and build it again if that's what I want to do. But I said, I still want to write my show for next year. I want to, you know, I want to get on stage. I said like, and then we just spent the time now creating kind of like a plan for next year that includes rituals, that includes mm. like joy, being in the moment when I'm creating and being in flow because that masculine energy is where I've spent so much of my time because of programming, job choices and all that kind of stuff. So my advice would be start small. One of the biggest things that I tell people is turn your fucking phone off. Like from nighttime, so my phone goes off between 5 and 7 p.m. depending on if I want to post something at the end of the day or if I'm going to get back to a couple of messages or whatever. But I literally turn my phone on airplane mode and then I don't turn it on till between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. the next morning depending. And I make sure I get up and I do a meditation. I listen to a visualization. I do my cards. I might stretch. I might do a workout. And then I go in and kiss my son and we wake up and we have breakfast together. Then we go to the beach and we go for a walk. Sometimes I turn my phone on then, but majority of the time it doesn't come on to intentionally turn it on afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that in itself will change your fucking life, will create that space, will stop the comparison, will help you build your confidence, like give you some clarity on where you want to go. And that has been huge for me. And don't sleep with it in your room. It's wild how much that mobile phone affects yeah. us. Even on Saturday, Jake and I needed to clean our bedroom. We had like six loads of washing that was just like, oh my God, yeah. you two living together, that's naughty. I know. Like, oh my God, we need parents to come and smack our parents. <laughs> and every day we'd negotiate and renegotiate the time in which we do this laundry. And in, I love the end, that. in the end, we're like, we're going to do it. But we put our phones away and we decided to do the entire cleaning and then do all our cooking and it ended up being like a 12 hour, hour experience of no we were feeling so good in the cleaning process we're like we haven't got enough phones we're cooking we haven't got enough phones like our time together was amplifying we're cooking yeah. we don't like doing either of those things that in the end we were like that was amplified doing the most boring basic shit which is cooking mm. and cleaning just from the fact of we weren't on our phones and we were so much more present together because yeah. don't you find it such a you know, when you have a coaching business, when you have an online business, it's a very easy excuse to just grab your phone. 
Oh my God, a hundred percent. And like, or I've got an idea, write it down. Oh, quickly just send that message now. Like even with Memphis, like I want to be present with him and I still have to be like, fuck Heidi, you did it again. And so a big thing I do is like I turn it on airplane mode. So when my phone goes on airplane mode, even for an hour in the day or whatever, it means my brain switches off as well. So that's how you've got to like, you know, how we might have to work these days or like go get a fucking home phone if you're worried about someone getting contact with you or whatever. But I'm very much of like people will find me like they've got my husband's number if there's going to be the biggest emergency ever, you know, when people mm-hmm. start to say that. I'm like then someone will get hold of my husband and how he'll do be you like, oh. I have his children. I had the strictest parents. They'll know my <laughs> phone's in. Yeah. <laughs> And so like for me, it's the switch and we're just so addicted. And like, I know for me, like when I've, this is one of my big aha moments this week is like, and I'm, you know, this is the first time I'm sharing this publicly is, you know, writing my book has brought up a lot of how I created content for Mm -hmm. other people and not for me because that was my job. And when I was going back and reading my story about Memphis and I was, half an hour after I had him and he was born, he was taken off me to neonates. And then I had to like announce the next day on the radio show that I had a baby. Well, had to, I say in quotation marks, Mm. it was very much like what your bosses want you to do and encourage you to do. And like, that's been your life for so long. I felt like a stranger and I didn't know who I was. And I was so lost in that moment because I hadn't seen my son all night because they didn't wheel me down and had an emergency C-section, which is a whole other topic for another day because now I fucking would have fought to get there. Yeah, now I know I would have got there. But I realized, and this is something that I'm really questioning at the moment and I want to take more time once I get back from Sydney and Melbourne is how much I want to share yeah anymore and why I'm sharing and the intention behind it because for me my brain doesn't shut the fuck up about content like literally that's one of the things that I'm like I've created a habit in my brain of creating always thinking about content because that was my job for 10 years coming to a business you've got to create content for your business these days for social media marketing especially when you teach marketing (laughs) um and and public relations so For me, I'm at a real crossroads of who is this new person that's come out of the healing journey and what is she, how much does she want to share? And that doesn't mean that I won't still be real, raw, vulnerable and honest and, you know, have epic conversations, but I don't know where I'm at with sharing at the moment. And it's almost, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. It's almost like a deep desire to share versus I have to for the sake of, the algorithm, the engagement. Even I was having a conversation with my mentor recently. I've been calling in a business that I'm really aligned with that is not coaching. So that, and he basically called it dancing monkey syndrome. Like I love what I do and I love what I talk about. And for the moment, it is also my bread and butter. So I desire Mm. for there to be other outlets. So that for, as long as I desire to share, it's from a place of true desire, not I have to. I have to stand up and speak about this. I have to provide value. I have to do this. And when there's that other the outlet, I feel it almost takes the pressure off the have to, and it's always from pure desire to. Oh my God, I fucking love that. And that's exactly where I am. And, you know, like I said, for me, I don't want to fucking do reels anymore where you've got to like point out the thing and like dance or, oh, all this shit. Like um, for me, a lot of came out for me was like to be really, I just want to simplify everything as mm. I'm going in this new, you know, 
this new way to be. I want to say less, which is so funny. People like, how will you say less? You just talked for fucking 40 minutes straight. (laughs) Beck didn't even get a word in. But like, I want to, when I don't, like when I don't need to, you know, I want to say less and I want to create more impact. And I want to like in my own life as well. And I want to just keep, yeah, keep uncovering what is, what feels like is really there at the moment. And for me, it's almost like infusing that essence into myself so that it infuses into my content so that the impact is actually more sustainable and even more influential because Mm. I'm always curious when the content has been shared from the hustle, what impact it's providing versus if it was shared from, and I know that's a part of the journey as well. Like it, it's yes. coming from integrity, even when it's coming from the hustle, but a part of the evolution is that softer, more embodied presence with our lives as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, that literally we just had this conversation with Dom and it was like, when you go into social media, it's like, why am I here? Mm what do I need to share? Do I need to share anything right now? Because I realized I've been like, my brain just doesn't shut the fuck up about content. And I don't even post half the 50,000 things that go on in my head. Like I am an ideas machine. And, you know, I created that when I was in radio. Like I literally have not always been like this. Yeah, I created that content queen, as I like to call her, but that part of me isn't serving me right now. And, you know, talking about that space and how we can, with that overachievers mindset, this is the next part of the, you know, the spatial, it literally space in my brain that I want to create. Mm, love that so much. So a little bit of a direction change. How do you go from leaving radio to dropping more into being present with yourself, to creating content that's aligned for you, to walking through a shopping center with no clothes on? Oh, well, so again, two moments on radio, which you'll read in my book. The first one was when I was in Bunbury 10 years ago and I declared on radio that I hated myself. So I was that girl who, you know, like I said, that confident little child and then got lost along the way, got into sleeping around, getting my confidence through alcohol, boys. And then I stepped into this radio job and everyone thought I was really confident. And I ended up sharing on radio one day that I hated myself. And so from there, that's been the journey. So this last 10 years is pretty much what the the book is about. And how I got to walking in a shopping center in my bra and undies is I was the girl who would wear a fucking cardigan to the beach. I was the girl who wouldn't even get her arms out in summer. And when I started coaching women, when I left radio in the shed your shit space and, you know, getting them to be more vulnerable and open one of the things that I kind of started doing was like taking my clothes off. That's the stories. That's the expectations. That's the bullshit lies. They kind of like symbolize. And then we get photographed in our most vulnerable, which was down the beach. Well, girl, I started nailing a bikini in the beach, you know, like that my mindset was like, fuck yeah, I can do this. And I'm confident and I'd done the work. Mm-hmm. And then when I was teaching these girls one day and I wanted to launch a epic fucking self-love event, I was like, how am I going to get people to go? There's so many people talking about self-love events. How am I going to get people to go and be uncomfortable and step into their bra and undies at this event if, you know, I'm not uncomfortable doing it anymore? And I was like, fuck, I need to get a photo shoot in a shopping center. And so that's how it all unfolded. So the girls in my crew, they said, we'll come with you, Heidi. And then we ended up recording everything. And so it was just a photo shoot of me in my most uncomfortable in my underwear in a shopping center in Perth two years ago. And can I just say, because I'm celebrating you so much for that, I'm comfortable in my body, 
But I still think it would be more brave for me to walk through that shopping center in my bra and undies than my bright pink herpes sign. Yes. Oh my God. Well, we'll have to do it. I definitely want to organize another one in Perth because since I've been sharing all the content at the moment, because we're going to Melbourne. I'll bring my sign. I'm coming with the sign. Well, you know, that could even be a new thing that we could do, like walk of no shame with a sign of something that you're worried about, that you're worried about being judged for for so long and you're in your bra and undies. Some people don't understand it. You know, there's comments like, oh, that's perverted. That's this, that's that. But that's literally exposure therapy. We're exposing ourselves to the judgment, to the mm. negative feedback, the shit that we were scared of for years of people telling me I was fat. I was scared of that. I hated that. I tried to hide from that because I didn't want them to see my arms. And now I'm like, no, screw you, mate. This is me taking my power back. It's essentially nervous system regulation as well in the face of what's really challenging, uncomfortable. And as you're walking through that shopping center, or even I resonate with the pink sign in certain places in Europe, it was fucking busy and not everyone looked at me like it was great. But what I got to do was no matter what the projection is coming my way, I can navigate my own internal world and remind myself that I'm good no matter what Mm -hmm. anyone else is thinking or feeling because it's how I feel about me. So it's creating the emotional somatic body that can actually hold all of your fears and your thoughts and feelings about your body image. It's incredible. Exposure therapy has changed my life and that's what I teach a lot of people to do now like I I get them to expose themselves to their fears yeah we step into that fear and because that's what worked for me and you know I talk a lot about my body confidence and that part of my story that's not everyone's story Mm -hmm. you know like so where do you want to build confidence where do you want to face your fears like you know in different areas I tell my story with body confidence because that's been the biggest main one but walking through a shopping center in your bra and undies isn't just to take your power back about your body it's so much more it's Mm -hmm. expectations it's using our voice it's you know sharing us in our most truest most vulnerable form Mm -hmm. and you know and basically saying a big fat fuck you to anyone who you know wants to continue to judge us society's expectations the media's narratives on you know what we should say do and be Mm, I love it I love it I love it I love it so much invite me the next time you're there I'll bring the story well you've already got my brain going see this is what happens because we like we definitely should do another one in Perth like the last one we did in Perth was at the markets and it was on SBS the documentary what does Australia really think about obesity and we walked through the Scarborough markets there was about a hundred of us it was so fucking epic but that was nearly two years ago well I even remember that I remember seeing it online yeah, um, well, Rosie, our friend Rosie Rees, who I'm sure you have on the podcast or have had on the podcast, she was down just having like, you know, a Thursday night market, late night markets with her partner, Ash. And then there's a whole like flash mob coming through filming a TV show. And I'm like, Rosie, take your kid off. And she just takes her kid off, flashes TV on oh, national TV. I'm like, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so good. I love the community here in Perth. So then let's move to your book now. Your book is called Drunk on Confidence. Here it is. So, I'm curious why you chose the word drunk. Oh, because I was always the girl who was drunk on champagne, who, you know, or drunk on red wine or drunk on vodka to gain her confidence. Yeah. She was the one on a Saturday night that was blind drunk, thinking she was the most confident, self-assured, didn't give a fuck what anyone else thought, sleeping around. And so when I've been on this confidence journey, I was like, oh, now I'm drunk on confidence when I'm walking through that shopping center. Like I am, you know, I'm lubed up on my own inner champagne confidence. And so 
I talk a lot about that in the book, but funnily enough, the book was actually called You're So Fat and Other Bullshit Lies You Tell Yourself. And about two months before we went into actually publishing it and getting it printed, I'd been on Studio 10 doing a live cross on Channel 10 and I went back and I listened to what I first said and I was like, because I was getting lots of intuition that the name wasn't right. I loved the name mm-hmm. because for me it was like, that's what I called myself for so long. Like you're so fat. I loved the name, but it just didn't feel right when I was trying to create this powerful message of like confidence and wanting you to stand in your power. And when I watched back and I was like, I'm always the girl who was drunk on champagne and now I'm drunk on confidence. And I was like, that's fucking it. That's the name of the book. And so yeah, I'm so proud of that. I'm so uh, proud of proud. I of love it so much because so many women, when they come into my world and they first want to work with me, the only way that they know how to gain confidence in the external world when it comes to dating, men, socializing, being seen is through getting drunk first. So yes. I feel so drunk with confidence. Yeah. Now we're drunk on confidence. We still get drunk to get confident now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. So no, now, like, I I mean, like, I still get drunk. Like, I went to Steph's wedding the other day and had the best fucking time and, you know. Were you smelling the Steins? Were you in the Steins? I was, yeah, I was Hoover. I came second. Did you? Hoover came out. That was my name in, in when I overseas. Like, I was called Hooves. But I now, like, I've done a lot of work and there's a whole chapter in the book about that as well, the time I took away from alcohol mm-hmm. to get a better relationship with alcohol. Like, I don't mind having a cigarette every now and then, having a few wines or whatever, but I don't do it all the time and I don't do it for anything other than pleasure if I do. And I'm always drinking heaps of water. Like, I, I haven't been blind drunk since I took my time off alcohol, which is I kind of talk about that in the book, which was about four or five years ago because that's when, like, I was using it as, you know, self-care. I was using it as my mask. And so now I'm just very conscious of this is what we do. We lube ourselves up in society with alcohol, drugs, you know, cigarettes to help us feel more confident. And yes, we might have that power for a couple of hours, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's fake. It's fake confidence. And then, you know, you spiral the next day and then all week you beat yourself up and then you have you feel like you got to get back on it to drown out the noise again that you created all week and so for me yeah like I can go months without drinking and then sometimes like I'm on the party train you know and so recreated a relationship with it so a it isn't your source for confidence yes and B, it's from a I deserve to receive an experience pleasure and this is the vehicle through which I'm doing that right now But if I couldn't do it, it's not like it's taking anything from me. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I really want others to know, that like we don't have to get drunk to be confident. Like Mm. it really, truly does come from within. And, you know, I spoke about being that little girl who was put on this earth as the confident. I believe we all have confidence. Mm. You know, we all have it. We just lose it along the way because of the stories, the lies that we're sold and told. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometimes we need reminding to bring it back. But the only way that we're going to bring it back is when we step into courage. And when we step into courage, we've got to be brave. And that's how we start to build our confidence. I love it. So Heidi, I could talk to you all day long. New questions before we wrap up. Number one, that confidence that you are drunk on first step for any person who's like, I just want a little taste of what you've got. And maybe a walk through the shopping center in my bra and undies is a bit much for me right now. Yes. I wouldn't say that I do. 
get around people that do that. Like this is the big thing, right? I think you think like when you see other people stepping outside their comfort zone, oh, I've got to do that too. No, you can just be witness. You can just be their cheerleader because they're going to be probably really uncomfortable doing that. So get in their presence, start hanging around, just being in the energy, like follow me on Instagram, follow other people that inspire you in the right way, not bring out your inner mean girls, read books, listen, like, Mm. you know, and just start with baby steps but the biggest thing that you would speak about and I is awareness like you know the first huge step for me was like understanding these inner mean girls and like when they got really loud why they got really loud what were they saying and then that's how I've kind of worked through it but obviously the first step for everyone would to be to buy my book Drunk on Confidence Um, it's in all your bookstores and online and I'll send Becca a link so yes it'll go in the show notes so you can all grab your copy one more question. Heidi Anderson, I ask yeah. every guest this as a way to wrap up. What does it mean to you to be raw, real, and vulnerable in your life? I think, you know, for me, it's being honest. And I think a lot of people think that if you're an oversharer, which a lot of people like to label me, oh, she's, when you're vulnerable, you know, you're sharing so much of yourself. I like to keep private. And it's like, no, you don't have to give all the details. You don't have to pull all the skeletons out. You're allowed to keep things private, but being vulnerable is letting people see you without your masks. And we all wear different masks for different reasons, you know, in life. And I think when you are vulnerable, raw and real, you're speaking your truth, whatever that is, you know, whether people want to label it good, bad, you know, not right, wrong. Um, you're speaking from your heart and your truth. And yeah, that's what I believe, you know, being raw, real. You're showing up when you've had a fucking shit day and you're saying it. You're showing up, you know, in those really true, honest feelings of where you're at. I love it. I love it. Heidi, thank you so much for your time today. You're amazing. For anyone that has heard you here and wants to follow along, wants to grab your book, all the things, how do we connect with you? Well, I've got a brand new website. So if you want to check that out, HeidiLeeAnderson.com or I spend most of my time on Instagram, as you know, Beck, that's where we communicate at underscore Heidi Anderson. So send me a message. If you love this podcast, please tag Beck and I in it so that we can write back to you and you can share with the world like what resonated with you and your biggest takeaway because I feel like we don't cheer each other. We've got the, we love these podcasts and we love all these people that are giving out content and then we're not telling them. And I I fucking am a words of affirmation girl and I worked in radio. I needed a lot of validation (laughs) that I was doing a good job. So why don't you just tag us in a couple of things and let us know and I'd love to have a chat with you in the DMs. So, yeah. Amazing. I agree. I get so excited when I find new people who are receiving so much magic from the podcast. Since when were you listening? I love knowing who's listening. Yes, 100%. So, yeah, please send us a message if you love the episode. Would really love to hear from you because, yeah, I'm quite social in the DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi Anderson, thank you so much for today. You're amazing. I love you. Thank you so much, Beck. Keep rocking, girl. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.